This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. You, 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 you. We are back. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast. It's been a minute. Uh, I've been MIA for a minute because of the whole coronavirus shit. Um, but yeah, I'm back in full effect. And I have a wonderful, wonderful guest with me today. Very excited about this interview. Um, she goes by the name of Kat. She is a businesswoman. I think she's a model, but she might not. Uh, <laughs> she might not say she's a model, but part time. <laughs> if you look at her Instagram, she's definitely a model material. Um, she has a crazy fashion sense, and she's a businesswoman, and that's why I invited her on the show to talk about her business and the trials and tribulations of sheltering and pre- in place and the effect her, that shit had on her business. So, Kat, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for the introduction. That was lovely. Now, um, tell the people, the thousands and thousands of people, um, (laughs) what your business is. So, I have a shop in North Oakland called Rituals by Kat. Uh, There I offer beauty rituals that include microblading, lash extensions, and hair removal. Hair removal. Um. <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of hair removal. All kinds? Full, full body. Full body waxing. And this is all on women, right? Whoever needs waxing, I'll wax them. Uh, I, have, I have a shit ton of questions about waxing, but <laughs> we'll get into that later. Um, okay. When, what's, so what's the, what's the name of your business? Rituals by Cat. And where are you located? In North Oakland by the Children's Hospital on MLK. And when was your business launched? So officially, I started in Portland. I um, love Portland. Yeah, a few years back. Um, and I was working out of a salon there called Tiger Tiger Salon. You do have the old Portland vibe. Like oh, white do girl, I? <laughs> white girl with tattoos. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Keep it weird. Um. Yeah, so I started there, and I was there as an independent contractor um, out of a salon. And then once I moved back to the Bay Area, I'm originally from here. I was at another salon, uh, Fig and Clover Salon on Telegraph. Mm-hmm. And then once I decided I wanted to start microblading, it involved this whole process of getting a tattoo license, um, so that you need I a tattoo license to do, do eyelashes? No, to do microblading. Do you know what microblading is? No. <laughs> I'm a man, so. <laughs> men get microblading. I mean, certain men do. <laughs> well, anyway, um, yeah, so I took my business in a new direction because of that. And so I had to get my own space and get it permitted and up to code, basically, so that I could offer microblading because I wanted to kind of next level my business from, you know, exclusively doing lashes 
to, um, you know, just new potential for growth. There, so, what were, you, so what were you doing in a salon before uh, you were doing micro? Were you just doing hair and shit? I was doing lashes, lash extensions. Mostly. So microblading is like the top notch. Microblading is a form of permanent makeup. So it involves um, using a hand tool where you imp- you implant um, pigment into the skin. Mm. And it's it's an art form. You're a little bit more creative than you would be with lash extensions. So I felt like that was more of a creative outlet for me. So is it basically like tattooing eyebrows on people? Basically. Oh. So you're using like a needle? Yeah, it's a blade that's comprised of several small needles. And what's the steps of becoming like certified and doing that? You got to take like a shit ton of courses. Um, I took a class. It lasted about 10 days. And yeah, and I got certified. And then I had to go through the whole process of um, getting a tattoo license and getting an establishment license. And that was like a whole big ordeal. Mm. And I was kind of freaked out at that point with my business because I really wanted to do it at the salon I was at, but there were just certain logistics that didn't work out there with like having a sink in the room and like all the necessary. Was this in Portland? No, this was when I moved back to Oakland. So, yeah. So what, explain to me, what took you from Oakland to Portland? Were you in a relationship and like follow the guy down there or something? Why do you just automatically assume that? I mean, because that's what most <laughs> <laughs> nine times out of ten girls. Um, I was with someone. Who, ah, so I'm right. Yeah, I was with someone who we both, I think, wanted to get out of the Bay Area at that time because it was just getting so expensive and it was it was hard to make ends meet for both of us. So you know, he felt like he had opportunity there, and I was basically just at a point where i'm like i need to explore other cities and potentially live in a different city for a little while so i was open to it was he a tattoo artist no he had a shit ton of tattoos though why portland (laughs) um well he was really thinking that he wanted to move back to spokane where he had lived before we met Mm. and i didn't want to move there but I had considered Portland in the past. So Yeah, Portland is not I'm thinking about buying a house in Portland actually. Yeah, it's a beautiful city. It's really like it's so green because it rains there so much. Yeah. The weather is shitty, but Yeah, I think that's why I finally of, moved. It reminds back. me of London. Yeah, that's I think all the rain really got to me. Mm. Yeah. I miss the Bay Area weather here. So why'd you move back? Um, that was part of it. That was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. I think I was just feeling like I wasn't growing there. You know, I kind of felt like I was in a rut. So, um, did you guys break up in Portland and then you mm-hmm. moved back? Yeah. Uh, so basically you were just living there because he was there. Basically, no, your, your heart wasn't in it. No, because after we broke up, I was still there trying to make it work on my own. Uh, okay. Yeah. So how um, long were you living in Portland? Two years. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I gave it a solid go. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got to give yourself at least a year okay. in a new city, right? Don't you think? I mean, I guess. 
Every city that I lived in, uh, it was there. I was there because I had a certain amount of time to be there. Mm-hmm. So it was already planned. I, w- I didn't. I never lived in a city like, oh, I'm going to live in a city and see where it goes. I moved to a city because I'm going to live here from this point to this point, and then I'm out. So every city, yeah, every like college, San Diego. I was there for four years, and then I knew after the four years was up, I'm leaving. Virginia, I was in Virginia because of the military, and I knew that, I mean, I wasn't going to stay there. So I never, like, picked up and moved to a city be like, oh, let's try it out. So, yeah. You always had that clear vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just needed a change of scenery, you know? Yeah. I was born and raised in San Francisco, and I just was like, it's time to live somewhere else. So let's let's talk about your your life. What made you the person you are today? <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah. So uh, FYI, everybody, Cat has never listened to any of these of my episodes, so she's in for a shock. But we literally on here, <laughs> <laughs> we like go back from like birth and talk about shit from your past Dang. to like now. Okay. So, you were born and raised in San Francisco? I was born and raised in San Francisco. Um, yeah, in South of Market area. Mm-hmm. You have siblings? Like right off of Folsom. I have two older brothers. Are they still in California? Yes. Uh, my brother, one of my brothers lives in San Francisco and the other lives in Pleasanton. Are you guys close? Mm, no, not really. We kind of are just doing our own thing. Why is that? Um, well, one of my brothers struggles with mental illness. So he's in a program in San Francisco. Do you, think, what, what, mental illness? You want to talk about that? Um, yeah. Schizophrenia? No, he's, he struggles with um, manic bipolar disorder oh, okay I mean, yeah it's kind of the same thing uh, i study psychology yeah oh okay <laughs> then, <laughs> then you know better than i do but yeah i mean i think it was so that put a strain on your relationship um i think it did when we didn't understand what he was going through mm. but i love him i mean and anything that has happened between us there's complete forgiveness there so um was he like a shitty brother to you when you were growing up no he was he was awesome he was like my protector Uh, in school he would always like if anyone was picking on me he would always have my back oh yeah but then he would pick him pick on me at home that's that's how the older older brother dynamic works right what about the other one so he's the oldest of us three and he was training for a while to be a police officer and now he has a security business oh yeah that's good yeah that he's not a cop yeah but anyway (laughs) that's a whole nother conversation um so which brother are you closest to uh probably um i'm closer in age to my brother who i mean not age but i'm talking about like well yeah in age and also our relationship is closer Uh, to um 
but just as a reference to him, he's, yeah, mm-hmm. he's the one I'm closer to who lives in the city. My oldest brother who lives in Pleasanton, he has like a family and he's a little bit more distracted with that. And, okay. Yeah. And your parents, they're still together? No. They were divorced um, when I was like 21, mm-hmm. 22. They waited. At least you were grown when it happened. My parents got divorced when I was. uh, I don't even. I think I was like six or something. But the only thing I remember from that situation is me being in court and my father was holding me, and then he passed me to my mom, and then my dad took me back, and then that was it. The funny thing about my parents getting divorced is my dad got custody of everybody, which is very rare. Why is that so rare? Because my, I mean, it's very rare where men, fathers get custody of the kids. And, and I, know, I think it was because of uh, my dad. He was like very successful. Mm, and my okay. mom was like a housewife, but she was like in school. So do they usually like these courts make it about like whoever has more of the financial stability? I, mean, I don't know, but I think in that my situation, it, it was because my dad was more financially like stable. Yeah. Like how are you going to give my mom four kids when she doesn't even really work? Like she's a student. She was in med school and shit. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So, but yeah. usually it does go towards the mother, right? Yeah. Custody. It's interesting because I think just as a society, we look at mothers as the more nurturing, more able to. I mean, which I have, I have, I have a a fucking um, a beef with that because I don't think the women should automatically just get the kids. I agree. I mean, there's plenty of situations where, like Dwayne Wade, for example, I'm just going to use him because he's famous. Dwayne Wade's baby mom was a horrible mother, and he ended up getting custody of his his kids but he had a big legal fight just just to get the kids because he was a a dude yeah so anyway that's beside we don't we, you don't have kids do you i don't okay good so we can just no. skip past well, but that i shit. have heard i i have it is kind of a touchy subject and i remember watching a documentary about that did you did you see the red pill no it has an interesting perspective about that because I guess the person who made the documentary is this woman who sort of pronounced that she was a feminist and then she did all this research about men's struggles and it sort of shifted her perspective. And that was one of the things that she talked about was custody. custody Do you know who Candace Owens is? I don't. Are you a feminist? I'm not. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the reason why I don't, identify as a feminist it's because i just i feel like there should be equality and i think usually when i mean that's that's good yeah i agree but usually when feminists kind of speak from their perspective it's more in an extreme situation like oh yeah you 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 would love candace owens she is she's this black girl right and people hate her because she like speaks like the truth she's like i hate feminism i hate feminists they're ruining like women basically that's her views because she feels like feminists she feels like they're i don't want to like put words in her mouth but she feels like men 
there's a uh, there's men should be men in a relationship men should be men and women should be women like women should want a man who protects them and like fucking is manly and like take care of the house and like there's nothing wrong with being a housewife and shit like that so, so those are her views and then feminists always attack her like oh we don't have to fucking like be housewives and like blah 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 we can be lesbians and shit and candace owens is like no you uh, lesbians are like ruining like the, there's a reason why uh births in like the black community are like down is yeah. because there's a shit ton of lesbians hmm. and i don't have shit i'm just this is i'm just <laughs> i'm talking about what candace owens is saying so don't fucking well it's flood my uh fucking inbox but <laughs> it's hard for me to know i mean based on what you're saying um if i agree with that or not i think when i say equality i mean it more like equality in opportunity yeah but obviously men and women have very different gifts and abilities yeah and also there are men who have more feminine qualities and there are women who have more masculine qualities and so obviously that you got to take that into are you bisexual consideration no i'm not And I consider myself very feminine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, so you were living in Portland. Let's, I was living in Portland. Let's, let's bring this back. You were living in Portland, and then you left Portland. Oh wait, before Portland, <laughs> you were in high. Did you go to college? I did not. You did not go. To college. I didn't like school. Yeah, school's not very one. I didn't like school either. That's why I only did my four years, and then I was done. My plan was to like get a PhD at least. Yeah. Or ma- I mean, at least a master's. That's ambitious. But that was for uh, someone who doesn't like school. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's, I mean, eighteen year old is like, oh, I'm gonna go to college, and like, oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna get a master's. But then when you're in school, you realize that these motherfuckers just want your money. They're not trying to educate you. Yeah, the system is pretty flawed. So, yeah. But yeah. yeah, anyway, so you didn't go to you didn't go to college. Uh, what did you do after high school? After high school, I took some courses at community college and I was sort of trying to figure that out like if I was going to pursue more education. Were you into uh Is it right to call you a cosmetologist? Yes. Were you into cosmetology when you were in high school? No, not at all. Actually, I thought I was going to be more into um psychology. Um, that's what I studied. Oh, photography. Yeah, photography. That's good. I've always, I've always been drawn to like philosophy and psychology, mm-hmm. but more as like interests. Once I found out how much school was involved, oh yeah, I gave up on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, I went to community college, um, and I took a few courses, mostly creative courses, just because I wanted to figure out. Um, like what direction I wanted to go with my career, but I sort of veered off that path of choosing a career that was artistic because I just needed to work at that point. So I gave up my dreams for a few years, and I worked in I worked for the city and county of Martinez at the hospital there. As a what? I was in medical records. <laughs> I was a file clerk. 
Yeah, it was okay. like in the basement, um, long, long <laughs> filing papers that? and reading up on like uh, a lot of the medical records of people that I probably shouldn't have been reading. Oh, really? Did you ever like come across a file of a guy that you know? Like, oh shit, this guy has herpes. And I know him. <laughs> no. <laughs> no? Um, no, I didn't. But um, I did go through some files of certain patients that I felt like would come in all the time because they would have like so many mm. files. And sometimes I would just be so intrigued by like their stories that I would read it because I would be bored at work. <laughs> it was a boring <laughs> job. Okay. Yeah. So how long were you doing that? I was doing that for, uh, oh gosh, I think three years. Yeah. And then Did I you quit or get fired. I quit. I straight up just didn't go in. Okay. I was so over it at that point, and I had been commuting because I moved back to San Francisco from the East Bay, and um, I was tired of the commute. I was tired of just feeling like this is such a dead end job, mm. you know. At least creatively, it was, but it came with like benefits and all these perks, and, and yeah, I don't perks i don't even have now you know so i i stuck with it for those reasons and i i felt like that was good for me to learn that that really wasn't the path i wanted to take so after three years that's when i gave up on that and i um i went to cosmetology school shortly after that so what made you choose cosmetology well i I had a friend then who was a makeup artist and I thought I wanted to do, I, I thought I wanted to be a makeup artist, but after I was actually in the program, I, <laughs> I decided that really wasn't mm. for me. Um, Bunch of sassy young men. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just more that it was like, you know, do wedding makeup and like, I think all of the options at that time didn't seem very creative. It was like, okay, you're going to work in a, um, like at a counter in a yeah, department Macy's store shit, or like, yeah. yeah, selling products or maybe you might even do some weddings or something like that. And that yeah. just wasn't, that's where the money was at unless you like kind of climbed into the celebrity world and then you were like makeup artists and that sort of so many it seems like there's so many fucking makeup artists though there seems are like yeah and very like hard to like <laughs> separate yourself from everyone else well also because of because of youtube which that wasn't even a thing back yeah. when i got my um license it wasn't a thing to like be your own makeup artist online mm -hmm. and to make youtube videos so maybe maybe if that timing <laughs> was there i could have pursued that but um yeah i just kind of got on a different path with it i started working in salons and spas and then that just was not working out for me i think when you i think when you know that the corporate world is just not a good fit for you and it's interesting that i say that because that's usually what they would tell me when they would lay me off <laughs> Yeah, you're not a good fit for this company. Um, so I, it made me question like, well, then what am I a good fit for? And that's when I knew I just had to do my own thing. And I just had to branch out and like, start my own business. And so at that point, I was like, 
I just got to get there. So do you have a uh, like an LLC on shop? No, I'm a sole proprietorship. Okay. Yeah. It's just you. It's just me. It's just you. And you have yeah. a physical like a physical shop. physical place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a little workshop studio within a within a building with other businesses. But yeah. How did you build up your clientele? I did that um, through the salon that I was working at prior to getting Still my Still there, like their customers? No. I mean, well, shit, that's good. About, what was great about the owner at Friggin' Clover was she was so supportive. She didn't see it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, she felt like. Did she offer the same ser- the same service or did she not? Um, she did later on. I think after a year or so, she got somebody else in there to do it. So, uh. Yeah. I didn't really feel like that was a conflict at all because she, we both agreed that if you work hard here, that you know you build those relationships with clients. Those are your clients, yeah, quote unquote, your clients. But yeah, so she was very supportive, and I appreciated, I appreciated that because then I could take that where I went, where I am now. So, so what is the what was the hardest <laughs> thing? in your opinion, uh, creating your, or starting your own company or your own business? Honestly, the hardest thing was just finding that space where I fit in because I, I reached out to some tattoo shops in Oakland and I thought maybe I would go that route where I would just rent a space in a tattoo shop and offer microblading there. But I, I feel like there was, some resistance because there again it was like there's no fit this doesn't fit in with like the tattoo world yeah at least at that time they were doing that in portland there were a lot of microblading artists in portland Mm -hmm. who were working out of tattoo shops but here it really wasn't a thing at that time which was a couple years back maybe two three years so i did reach out to a few tattoo shops but i think there was kind of this boys club mentality. That, so you like, were trying to do, you were trying <laughs> to do eyebrows in a tattoo shop. Yeah. Well, cause what? that, because then that would, the reason that who the fuck would go to a tattoo shop to get their eyebrows. Done? Well, that's what I'm saying. They did that in Portland. Like uh-huh. that's where that's weird. I, some of the, the microblading artists that I knew about were doing it in Portland in tattoo shops. And the reason for that is because then you don't have to get your own licensing. You don't mm-hmm. have to, pay for that you don't have to because you have to have an establishment license and also a tattoo license Uh, which it gets really expensive do you have to like give the owner of the tattoo shop some money well yeah that's why it would have been like path of least resistance to just work in the tattoo shop yeah but that really wasn't an option for me not in the timing Mm -hmm. that i wanted to make that happen because once i got my certification i was like ready to go I had been practicing and I was just like, I want to do this already. I want to offer this to my clients. So how did you find your, uh, your venue? Cause you're in, you're in a good, uh, like popular area. Yeah. I got lucky. The owner of the building that I rent from, she's, um, she also owns a shop called Mignon on college. Mm-hmm. And she, she's great. She has, I think there was some, resistance with her in the beginning too because her space was more for like interior designers and Mm -hmm. um 
And she also has her husband who works in the back doing like woodworking and he has like a workshop back there. So it just didn't seem again, like a good fit mm-hmm. for like what I was offering. But once I met her and we started connecting and we had some mutual friends that it just, she opened up about it and it worked out. So I was really grateful because I had been trying for so long. I was like, can I just get a room with a sink somewhere? Is that your first, is this the first uh, venue yet or? Yeah, I got I got really lucky. The timing of that was was perfect, and that she ended up being open to it. So I'm really grateful. That's cool for that. Yeah. So you um you have your own company, obviously, or business or whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you do anything else besides? uh, Well, let's talk about this waxing shit. (laughs) Okay. So, have you ever, I'm going to start asking you like random questions about waxing. Have you ever waxed a man before? Yes, I have. Now, what was the weirdest <laughs> request that someone asked you to do as far weirdest as waxing? request? Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe when I first started out, you know, as you get more comfortable with waxing people, it was a little it was a little weird for me to get comfortable with waxing with like men's Brazilians. So that wait, was something wait, wait, that wait, I had wait, to wait, get time out, time with. out, time out. <laughs> <laughs> so men get Brazilian men waxes? Men get Brazilians, they do. And Brazilian waxes is like basically you're waxing their pu your their pubic their yep. genitals. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I didn't know men do that. Yeah, and the hair around the anus, too. So you're waxing their balls? <laughs> yes, everything. Wow. That shit must hurt. It, yeah. Because balls are sensitive. Yep. So you're putting the wax on their balls, putting the tape, and then you're just <laughs> snapping it off. Well, I use a hard wax, so it hardens on the skin, and then you just lift the wax off. So it's you don't need the strip for that. Is that less painful? Yes. Especially because you have to apply pressure with the strip. When was the first time you did a Brazilian on a man? The do first rem- time do you, I did it. Do you it, remember? That? Yes, it was a very uncomfortable situation. Um, Why? Because he did he get an erection or something? No, it was because I think he had this maybe like happy ending idea in his head about the mm-hmm. spa I was working in. <laughs> They do happy endings at wax facilities? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I thought it was any massages. Um, but he he groped me as I was waxing. Groped him. you how? Like he like touched your ass? Yeah. Wow. Basically. Okay. I mean it it was weird though, because it was like he didn't grab my ass, mm-hmm. but he like stroked it. And so I, I was like, Okay, I'm done. And I just made him leave. And the owner of the salon that I was working at was great about that. She was just like, yeah, he's got to go. No charges or anything? Oh, he paid. Yeah. I'm talking about like <laughs> oh, court no. charges. No, like, no. Motherfucker, no. me. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, but that was what was messed up about that was that was my first men's Brazilian. So I was like so turned off about doing it again. But I did and it was fine. 
so after that happened when was when did you do it again like a couple days later no they're not very common but i do do it i can't imagine uh yeah i feel for you because that's like crazy a guy like doing that shit to a woman yeah i think rape and like all those sexual assault crimes are like the worst crimes someone can commit but anyway Mm -hmm. that's another story Mm -hmm. um yeah so uh uh brazilian waxes on men um you done you done with that one (laughs) come on i'm just trying to think so yeah (laughs) all right so okay well anyway and you do it on women as, as well also obviously yeah yeah that's more common right? i have pretty regular clients who who get that done yeah and i love my clients i miss them so much right now yeah so how has this um shelter in place like affected your business well i'm not open okay. and that's frustrating i think i think when i'm looking towards you know reopening i think what's more challenging to consider at this point is that people are uncomfortable with contact human contact Uh (laughs) and so that's necessary for my job yeah and if even if i am you know working in the next couple weeks and the shelter in place is lifted then it doesn't automatically mean that people are less fearful of contact yeah that whole shit like okay well we're in shelter in place now but okay let's say um gavin newsom says okay well we're reopening the states tomorrow. Or I mean, not tomorrow, but like, like next week. Like, do you think this virus is magically disappears? No, it's still going to be there. This virus was here before all this shit happened. You know what I'm saying? So that's the that's the whole crazy thing that I that's what I think of. Like, okay, we're we're sheltering in place, but I mean, what's your perspective on the whole thing? My perspective is the only way this will get fixed i mean we can shelter in place now we can shelter in place until the end of the year or we can go out and like shit can be lifted but the only way this shit can be fixed is if there's a cure if there's no cure this shit won't get fixed like shelter in place doesn't matter because there's no fucking cure you understand what i'm saying if you have a cure then we can all do whatever we do because if you get sick you can just go to the hospital get the cure the vaccine and then beam, boom be good but if there's no cure you can shelter in place as long as you want and then when it's once it's lifted like the virus is still out there so i mean what's the what's the so fucking wait point? a minute wait a minute that means you're are you sipping the kool-aid what kool-aid the bill gates kool-aid what did bill gates say he's trying to push this vaccine he's he's trying to what push a vaccine i mean yeah you need a vaccine if it hurt disease don't you well what about the flu virus a I lot mean, of i don't fucking know I, I don't understand how we have so much money uh being like generated for these vaccines research and then people are not finding vaccines like okay get some smarter fucking scientists or chemists or whatever you know what i'm saying yeah, because money is not an option. <clears throat> People think, oh, okay, we need more money. We need to, we need to 
scoundrel some more money. Like, no, no. Do you know how much money has been raised since AIDS came on the scene? Billions and billions of dollars for AIDS, and we don't have a cure. Because people need to start thinking outside the box. What if the cure for AIDS is like something weird? Like, oh, you need to drink piss. You drink piss and you put a little, <laughs> you put a little seasoned salt in the piss. And if you drank that, that's gonna that's gonna eat the the virus and like cure you. People need to start thinking outside the box when it comes I, to these these things. I agree that we need to start thinking outside the box, but I I don't necessarily believe in the exaggeration of this virus. I mean, yeah, I don't think it, I don't I'm not, I'm not saying that we're over exaggerating. I'm just saying we need a cure. That's the main thing. We ne- we just need a cure. Sheltering in place is not going to work. Yeah, but you know, we we know pharmaceutical companies don't make money off cures. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, yeah, the whole medical system is here to keep you sick, not to cure you. Well, I think you know, I'd rather put some energy towards what the future could look like rather than the problem because I don't think you can get to the space of the solution if you're still in the space of the problem. Mm-hmm. But as far as thinking outside the box, I think we all have to just take our health and our well-being into our own hands. Like our health is our responsibility. Yeah, of course, yeah. Like the United States is the number one for obesity. And that's just yeah, that's that's lifestyle. Like stop that. eating fast food and maybe you won't get corona. Stop fucking smoking a pack of cigarettes a, a day. And you won't get your lungs won't get fucked up. You know what I'm saying? You won't have asthma. Stop fucking drinking soda all the goddamn time. <laughs> Take some fucking self responsibility. Damn, some tough love over there, huh? I mean, people need to hear this <laughs> shit. Yeah, I think you know. Obviously, I have a lot of compassion for the loss of life and what's going on right now. But like I said, I think it's it's more important to put some energy towards what the future is going to look like. What do you think the future is going to look like? What do you think this country or what do you think the, you live in the Bay Area. So what do you think the Bay Area is going to be like in what, what month are we in? Are we in? We're in April, right? We're in April. <laughs> April. <laughs> April what do you think June is going to be like? June 1st. June 1st comes around. What do you think is going to be? Are we still going to be in shelter in place? Do you think? Well, you know, I don't really, I'm not the kind of person that likes to speculate like that. Um, I do like being hopeful about the future, but obviously it's uncertain right now. And I think it's more important to look at where we are right now and just be okay. You know, just be okay right now. You think we're okay right now? I think we can be. I think that we can all sort of get to a place where where we could be more uplifting towards each other rather Mm than in panic and fear. So... Do you think the the president has been handling things correctly? You know, I don't know if we're on the same page with this because I don't watch the news. No? No, I don't. I don't. I tend to lean more towards like the conspiracy theory end of things rather than like the official narrative. What's your conspiracy theory? Um, You think China brought this to us? Uh, see like we're giving a lot of energy to this again like it's and this is a frustrating thing for me honestly because i'm the type of person where i like to deliberately put my energy towards more of the positivity 
going on in the world right now rather than the problem. So that's what it's been challenging even for me in my social circle because a lot of people do just want to talk about the problem. But so what were, what were you like? What was your life like before this all happened? Were you like a social person, like going out all the time? You know, it's interesting because I just posted about this on my Instagram page. I, I was sort of going through a lot of soul searching in mm-hmm. 2019. Um, had some, you know, toxic relationships and failed relationships and just stepping into more of my own power and more of like just healthy choices for myself. Yeah. I stopped drinking. I started meditating more. I started putting more time and focus into my health and into my own well-being. And since then, it's been kind of a no-brainer to just be a little bit more solitary because I've sort of shifted my priorities. Um, So, yeah, I don't... It was sort of an easy transition for me, I guess is what I'm saying, to be at home and to sort of prioritize myself and my self-care and... What was the, uh, why do you think your your relationships, why do you think all of those were toxic? Do you think you choose the wrong guy all the time? Um, I think I was given a template early on in life that that's just how relationships were. Mm. You know, that they were fighting all the time and constant struggle and just yeah i mean that's why my parents divorced and i grew up seeing that struggle so it's almost like i was programmed to just think that that's how you know normalizing a toxic relationship and it wasn't until i remember actually after i broke up with one of my recent exes i was like i kind of in a like a fighting match i was just i i yelled out like I want a healthy relationship. And it was like, since that moment, it was almost like... That was a turning point? It was a turning point. Because I I remember I was sort of had like an out-of-body experience when I said it. Because I was like, damn, I really meant that. Like, I'm really over this shit, Mm. you know? So it wasn't until I had that moment that I was like, wow, I really mean it. And I'm really shifting direction here. Like, I want a healthy relationship. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you should always uh, be with someone who elevates you. Yeah. Instead of, like, bringing you down and shutting you up. Yeah, and I, I don't want to say that, like, all my past relationships, like, oh, they weren't supportive and they were just toxic and bad. And it wasn't really like that. It was just I had to learn through the contrast of those experiences that this isn't what I really want. Yeah, this isn't really the type of relationship that I want. So I just started building a better relationship with myself. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you're more like (laughs) spiritual instead of religious, right? Definitely more spiritual than religious, but even calling myself spiritual seems sort of strange, you know? Yeah. Because I don't, I think we're all spiritual. I think we all have this like spiritual aspect of our reality like there's someone who's thinking our thoughts and then there's kind of this observer of those thoughts Mm. and to me that's that's spirituality 
but a lot of people don't see it that way, but yet we all are experiencing it. So I think we're all spiritual. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> I understand that. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely not religious at all. No? Spiritual? I mean, I'm not really spiritual either. Did you ever, were you ever religious growing no. up? You didn't have that family? Never. No. P- family never went to church. Yeah. I used to go to church and Bible studies and yeah. <laughs> That's probably why you were so crazy when you were young. <laughs> was I? I don't, I don't even know if you were wild, but I'm just assuming you <laughs> were wild. That's a bold statement. <laughs> <laughs> Most people who are fucking like are forced in the church world, ex kids, usually grow up rebelling. I, I, doing yeah, crazy I, was, shit. I was rebellious against that, but I think it was important for me to go through that so that I could oh, yeah. know where I stood with it. Yeah, usually you go through it when you're in college. It's called the the slutty college years. I don't know if you went through I mean, you didn't go through that, but <laughs> most people go through that when they're in college. They, like, sleep around and, like, party and shit so yeah. they can figure out what they want and what they like when they become adults. Was that you? That was you. No, I did that. I did that <laughs> when I was, like, 12. So. Dang. <laughs> so I already knew what I wanted after, like, high school. So Yeah. I'm a I'm a very old soul. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you call yourself an old soul? I used to call no, myself that I'm, too, I'm like but I don't old, even know. I'm like what a it fucking means. old man. <laughs> You're That's an old man. I'm, in a, a young I'm man's like literally body. a grumpy old man. Okay. Like if you hang around me, I don't like smile. I'm like grumpy. I like look out the window, tell the motherfuckers turn down the music. Oh, I see. I'm one of them people. Mm-hmm. I'm, You're uh, all crotchety already. I'm an old grouchy, <laughs> grumpy dude. I'm like grumpy Smurf. That's exactly <laughs> what I am. <laughs> yep. I think I'm an old soul too. I, I guess I just don't always, or I used to refer to myself <clears throat> that way, but I don't really know what it means. <clears throat> to be honest, I don't really mm-hmm. know what that expression means, but I think maybe a certain point, for me, I think it meant I was wise beyond my years like i was wise even when i was younger like yeah. that's kind of how i i think of that expression that's one that's one part of it <laughs> and, grumpy. <laughs> and grumpy yeah you got to be grumpy to be an old soul <laughs> that's for sure so you uh so when um this shelter in place is over mm-hmm. do you think people are going to like run outside and like businesses are going to be booming again because um, honestly, I think when this shit is over, like pe- the bars are going to see something that they've never seen before. Like literally, it's going to be way? like every bar is going to it's going to see it's going to seem like it's New Year's every day. You know how New Year's New Year's Eve, every fucking bar is crowded and popping and like jumping and shit. Well, People are going to run outside. And like crowd these bars and like spend so much money in these bars and get drunk because especially here in the Bay Area, the Bay Area is, that's what it is. The Bay Area is known for like partying and like bars and like social shit. So I think once this shit is lifted, the bars are <laughs> going to, the bars and the clubs are going to see the most. All right. I know where you're going to be. <laughs> right, I'm going to be at Starline for sure. Starline Social Club. Holla at me. Yeah. <laughs> What I like think? Starline. Um, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't drink much anymore, but I do want to socialize. I think having 
you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So I think having all this time to ourselves, which is, I think, an important part of any journey is to have that sort of like isolation and contemplation state and then come out of it mm-hmm. really wanting to connect with people. And I hope that's what happens, but like connect, like really connect. So what do you mean really connect? Um, like not maybe drinking and partying, like actually <laughs> really connecting with people. I mean, if you want to party, that's, it's obviously cause for celebration. If this yeah. is lifted, then I think, especially if it results in people feeling more safe and, you know, less fearful of, of a virus, but I think it's going to be a very slow transition to get to that, that point. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be slow. You don't? You think it's no, just going to be like, let's rage, everybody. Exactly. People are, <laughs> first of all, the shit is not even lifted now. And people are like throwing like secret underground parties. Really? And, like, like I watch. I'm out of the loop then. I fucking read the news all the time. And then there's always like every week there's like a underground club or party being busted because they had like the secret party and shit. Secret parties, huh? I'm not invited. I mean, it's usually in, it's mostly in Florida. You know, Florida's fucked up. Florida, Florida wants to party. People in Florida are like, I don't know what it is, but Florida is like the worst fucking state. I think Texas is going to be next, right? Yeah. Well, Georgia is open already. Yeah. Well, they're starting to open slowly. Yeah. Georgia and Texas. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting for California. Californians are a little different. Yeah, California, they're like science. So I don't think California is going to open anytime soon. I don't, I don't know about sucks. that. I, I don't, I don't know if we're me, on the same page here. <laughs> it brings me back to my point. Like, if you, even if California opens, like, okay, there's no cure. So people are still going to get this shit, even if it's open. Like, find a fucking cure and then open everything up. So in case people get get the virus they have a cure you understand what i'm saying but not a vaccine oh yeah well vaccine is basically a cure isn't it i'm not getting vaccinated that's for sure yeah well let's just say a cure find a cure to the disease to the virus but this is the thing is it's much more like the flu which comes and goes in people's lives and they recover and then you build immunity to it and i feel like that's more of the progression that we should be trying to figure out right now yeah well if it's like the flu then how come the flu shot doesn't work that's exactly why i don't want to get vaccinated i don't get a flu shot i yeah, don't, don't want to get injected with anything me neither i'm serious like i don't yeah i don't, I don't want injection of anything that i don't know about in my body yeah even if that means it's a cure for what's going on here, because I don't feel comfortable with that. Especially, I mean, if this is coming from Bill Gates and he. You got something against Bill Gates or something? He's out here claiming he's a medical expert. <laughs> the man is not a medical expert. What did he say? Because I missed the whole Bill he, Gates shit. He said that publicly. He said what? That he was a medical expert. He said he's a medical expert? Yes. Oh, shit. He and probably it bought seems, his medical. It license. seems he's pushing an agenda here, and I just don't feel comfortable with that. Mm. Um, I feel more comfortable trying to let our bodies naturally fight off 
a virus, naturally fight off diseases. That's yeah. more the path that I go in. Mm-hmm. Um, less having to do with pharmaceuticals, more having to do with lifestyle choices and just overall health. Plants and shit. Holistic approaches, yeah. I feel that. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of famous uh, holistic doctors who claim they have the cure for a lot of diseases. There's a holistic doctor, the whole Nipsey Hussle thing. I don't know if you know about that story, but there's a doctor that Nipsey Hussle was trying to make a documentary about, Mm-mm. and he's this famous doctor who said he cured uh, he cured thousands of people who have cancer and AIDS and all this shit. But he does all holistic medicine, and then the the Nipsey Hussle was trying to uh, make a documentary about him, and then um, he was assassinated. They they say that's why he was ass- he was killed because he was assassinated because he was trying to bring him to light, and the medical world don't want uh, people to know that oh, there's a cure for cancer and AIDS and all that shit. Because you know, if everyone is cured, then. If no one is sick, then the medical industry would go out of business, right? Obviously, because yes. everyone is sick, everyone is healthy. Like people <clears throat> won't be buying Tylenol and like all this other, all this other shit that they create. So that's true. I mean, pharmaceutical companies make a lot of money, and exactly they make it off of our sickness, not our health. And yeah. so I think that's why I go back to what I said earlier: is just we have to take responsibility for our health and i think we do that by making better choices about what we put in our body and you know food is a big part of that i've been vegan for 10 years plant-based diet i think is obviously not gonna get rid of a flu but truth be told in my experience i have not had a flu in years i I don't get colds very often Mm -hmm. um a lot of what I think is happening with this virus has to do with um, developing an immunity. Yeah. To, because, and I'm not saying I'm immune to it, but I, I just don't believe I'm going to get it. I feel like I'm healthy. Well, if you have a good immune system, then your chances are very slim. Yeah. And I just feel like people need to get to a place of good health to feel confident to say that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's challenging. I think it's challenging for people to, to trust that, that whole process to just have faith in, in their, in themselves and their choices and what they put in their body and even just fitness and, you know, mental health as well. I mean, mental health is a huge aspect of what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. Like they're saying that this is, um, like the PTSD point that people are struggling with because yeah. now it's like, well, how do we deal with the last month of our lives just being <laughs> put on hold? There's people you know? who go through worse shit than staying in the house. That's for sure. It's true. It's really true. But it also is affecting people because no one has gone through this before. Yeah. No one has been around their kids this long. Oh, so you're, you're fucking kids. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, anyway, um, so this is the point of the of the show where I promote uh, my guests. Um, if you want to like tell everyone your Instagram or how they can get in contact with you, 
or whatever promote your business or anything you want to promote like do you have, what's your instagram my instagram is rituals by cat and um you can check me out there i spell that out for the people rituals r-i-t-u-a-l-s-b-y-k-a-t rituals by cat and i i try not to share exclusively business photos um although i do like to show before and after photos of my work but do you have an instagram uh for your business or is that it no i i've actually integrated the two because i uh, am my business uh, so okay. i feel like it's important for me to attract people to my business who also want to see me and where is your business located um it is at 5526 martin luther king jr way north oakland it's by the children's hospital that's Oakland, California. Oakland, California. Okay. And uh, you can also go to my website, www.ritualsbycat.com. And do you do like private? <laughs> I just said www. <laughs> Did I just age myself? I mean, shit. I say www. <laughs> Ritualsbycat.com. <laughs> and do you do like private, uh, like someone wanted to like hire you, oh, come to my house, like, uh, do my eyebrows real quick? No, because I have to be in my workshop to do my job okay so all right yeah. well um yeah if you heard it first uh, <laughs> if you want your eyebrows done you want waxing or anything else um, lashes lashes yeah <laughs> holler at cat um she gave you the information uh cat thank you for coming on the show it was very very good talking to you thank very, you jordan great pleasure it's um, my pleasure to know you um Hopefully this brings you more customers whatever. <laughs> when the shit. Once I open, yes. yes once you open, once you open, yeah. But yeah, this is Everyday Celebrity. Um, thanks, Kat, again. Thank you. And we are out. Bye. You. Uh,